I began to think this morning when Brother Rigney was preaching about the Holy Ghost. We're in dire need of the Holy Ghost in our churches and in our families. When we got saved, you know, it, it was the next thing is you need to get sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. And it many times we come to the altar and, and get saved and, and it becomes a casual experience. But I want to tell you, we need the Holy Ghost in this day and time. We, we, we need a, a move of God in our life because you never know when you need that comforter to come in your spirit and, and to touch you and help you. And the Holy Spirit's that time when you don't have time to pray and the Holy Spirit just automatically prays for you. Had one of those experiences about two weeks ago. I, I wrecked Sheena's car, if you hadn't heard. Uh, I was going to Little Rock to, at a meeting with the health department that morning. And it was raining, and, and over about Bradford, I, I told her the week before, and, and her little Nissan, I said, this thing's just too low on the ground. Anytime you hit any water, you hydroplane, you know, and usually it's just a little bit, and you just go on. And, and you know, I, I pulled out of some pretty good things in my lifetime, like all of us have, but this time I didn't do it. And uh, hit some water and, and took about two spins, and... And all of a sudden, you know, it couldn't be grass in the middle. And, and uh, you know, I really like they've been working putting up those fences in the middle. And I was hoping it was going to be one of those spots. It wasn't that. You know, it wasn't grass. It was a concrete barrier. And it spin about twice, and I saw it coming, you know. I don't believe these folks that say they can pray before something happens. I didn't have time. I'm telling you, I needed the Holy Ghost, you know. I didn't have time for it. All I could see is that concrete wall getting closer and closer. And I said, either one or two things. Either it's going to hurt or that airbag's going to hurt. One of the two's going to hurt. And I braced myself. Airbag never did open at 65 mile an hour. But I was fine. But the, the deal is prayer. You need the Holy Ghost. Now, I know this isn't, isn't something that, that you, you just talk about. You need that comforter. You need that one that's looking out for you and that you carry with you every day to help you. Uh, God was good to me. That's not what I was going to preach, but I thought about it, Brother Rigney. thought about prayer, thought about that. I want to talk to you tonight for just a few minutes on something else that I feel is very vital in our life and I think we're at the threshold of it and that is the rapture of the church ask you a question are you ready for the rapture are you really ready for the rapture I, I mean are you ready I, I remember as a as a young person getting ready for youth camp I was praying I mean I lived in the air that that they'd get up and preach about the rapture going to happen you thought they's getting a load up this afternoon I mean, it was, it, was, it was as if, right, and I, there was times I prayed, Lord, don't let the rapture take place till after youth camp. I enjoy myself way too much at camp. You know, and then, then it was, Lord, don't, don't let the rapture take place till I get married, you know. We've all been those places at times. But are you ready for the rapture? 
I don't know how you feel, but it seems like we have become uh, 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 a warp speed in life. There has been so many things that have transpired and has happened in the last few years that it can't be long until the Lord comes. It can't be long. I get up of a morning uh, just, you know, am I here? <laughs> no, am I somewhere else? That's how it is. I, we're so close to the coming of the Lord. When we see the things that are transpiring everywhere around us, we're close to the coming of the Lord. In Matthew the 24th chapter and beginning with the 42nd verse and I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know but I hope that I remind you and stir your spirit up that you start looking for the rapture again. In the 24th chapter in the 42nd verse the Bible tells us and I'm not even sure what version I'm reading. I think I'm curious myself now. The New King James, I thought that's what it was. I couldn't remember if this was my message Bible or my New King James. The New King James Version puts it like this, the 24th chapter, the 42nd verse. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Verse 44. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Have you ever thought about the people that are ready for you to die? Have you thought about that? <laughs> uh, the funeral home director, he, he's ready for you. The florist, I'm sure Sherry's ready for you back there. You know, the, the, the insurance salesman, he's ready. Because the longer you live, the more money it's going to cost him. The cemetery. It seems that a lot of people are ready for us to die, but most of us are real little reluctant about it. But we need to realize that we need to get ourselves ready for the rapture. I want us to consider just a few things about the rapture tonight, and I'm not going to be long. First of all, the surety of it. We look in John, the 14th chapter, and beginning with the first verse, the Bible tells us to let not your heart be troubled. In other words, you need to get ready. Don't be troubled about the things that are going let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He goes on and talks about heaven there for a little bit. The surety of heaven. We have to understand that not only that is that our Father's reputation is on the line when it comes to the rapture. He told us that He would have us a place prepared for us. He told us that He was going away to prepare that place for us. We need to understand that, 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 that the reason for his, the, for his return is he said, I go for you and I will come again. He didn't hesitate and, and say that there was particular uh, things that would have to uh, be right. He said it was going to happen. There's not a maybe, not a almost. He said the rapture is coming. He's coming back. There's a surety about that. 
There's a surety about the rapture, a surety about his coming. We need to understand that in our life. We need to understand the reason for his return is that he's coming again. And then we need to understand that the secrecy of it in Matthew the 24th chapter and we look down at the 36th verse. The Bible says, but of the day and the hour no man knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only no man knows. There's a secrecy about it. You know how we are. We, we, uh, if company's coming, we'll wait until that day and we'll start getting stuff ready. We'll wait until till we know the week that we got cut. Man, we're, we're going to do things that we planned to do six months ago to get ready. For that, that's how we. He said the the secrecy of it is we don't know when he's coming. We've got to prepare ourselves for him. Now, we can't wait. The secrecy of it. We look in Matthew, the 25th chapter, and, and we see the, the story of the five wise and the five and the foolish the virgins. Let's read it, what he says here in the 25th chapter. He says, beginning with the first verse, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took the oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and saying, No, lest there should uh, not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. I want to tell you the secrecy is that we don't know when he's coming, but he is coming, and we have to make ourselves ready for that coming. In Matthew, the 24th chapter, and we see in the 48th verse, the scripture tells us, but if the evil servant says to his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunkards, the master of the servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and an hour that he's not aware. There's a secretive about the coming of the Lord. You know how it is. Things happen to us and we didn't expect them to happen. There's things that happen. We didn't expect this to happen or that. That's how the coming of the Lord is. We've got to be ready all the time. We live in a day and time that we take our, our Christianity on, on a need. You know, it's sort of like going to, to, to fast food. Fast food probably hurt the church because we, we think of God like fast food. 
You know, we, we, we're having a bad week, we'll go to church. We're having a good week, we'll stay home. You know, things getting bad, we'll come and, and we'll pray a little bit more. Things, things going good, you know, we'll just wait till problems and difficulties come. But I want to tell you, we have to take our Christianity and the Word of God and the coming of the Lord's not something that you can wait until the last minute. The Word is shown. We've got to prepare ourselves for His coming, just like the virgins did. We've got to prepare ourselves. We cannot wait until the time of the Lord and the rapture of the church. This is an everyday thing. Brother Small was talking in camp meeting and it really stirred my spirit is, is that's how we take prayer. Prayer comes just, just when it's convenient. But we look in the scripture and the scripture talks many times about prayer. A whole lot more about prayer than it does praise. Of the importance of prayer. Prayer is so important. We have to have a daily walk. So proud. And I think I may have told this story a while back, but I was so proud of, of our kids. Uh, they, they, for Sheena, was it a birthday? They, they took a, a, we were wanting a game table in our den. And they, they took all the pictures of, of the kids and the grandkids and they made it a part of that table. You know, I don't know how they did it, but it's all part of the table. Got all their pictures there. Man, you can't get up of a morning without walking by it. And, and that's the place that you sit uh, of a morning and you do your prayer because you can pray about every day. That's how we should be in our prayer life. We should have a consistency about it. We shouldn't let anything hinder our time of prayer and Bible study because in an hour that we think not, that's when the Lord's coming. We've got to be ready. In an hour that we don't think problems are coming, it comes. We cannot wait until that happens. The secrecy of the coming of the Lord and the rapture of the church. We realize that the Bible talks about signs. If we didn't have enough signs in the day and time that we're living in, I don't know how you can't see the coming of the Lord uh, transpiring and upon us. We look in Matthew, the 16th chapter, and the sec- beginning with the second verse, the Bible says, He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after signs, and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. I I hear week or so ago, and it may be one of you that put it on Facebook, but I, it, I, I laughed and laughed and laughed. I'd seen it before, but I was reminded about it again. Talk about how you can tell weather, and they had a rock hanging from a, from a, 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 a string. I don't know if you saw it. They said, and they had a sign there next to it, if the rock's wet, it's raining. If it's dry, it's not. If it's moving, the wind's blowing. If it's gone, a tornado's come. And I thought that's so true about signs. We're so into signs. But I want to tell you, we can look at what's going on around us in our society, the things that are going on in this world, and you can see the signs of the coming of the Lord right before us. We're living in a time that we see things that are happening that never has happened before. In Matthew, the 24th chapter, and we look at the the 32nd verse, 24 and 32nd, the 
parable of the fig tree. He says, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. You, so you also, when you see all these things known that is near at the door, surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all the things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. What is he saying there? He's saying that the words that he's put down in the word of God that tells you the signs of his, of his coming, when they come to pass, you just get ready, it's coming. I want to tell you, it's there. I've never seen so much unrest in this world. I've never seen so many problems all over this world. The Bible talks about the wars and rumors of wars. And and Matthew, the 24th chapter, and beginning with the 4th verse, the Bible says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceive you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you... You are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will be a a famine and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrow. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all generation by my name's sake. And then many will be offended and betraying one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because jealousness will abound, I, the love of many, will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. I want to tell you, we're living in the last time. We're seeing the wars and rumors of war. We're seeing nations rise up against nations. We're seeing things that are happening in our society we never would have thought before. And I don't know how you you see the price of gasoline going up here in America and food going. I can see where things can happen just at a drop of a hat that we, we we won't recognize our world and society. I can't see what would keep the coming of the Lord with the things that are going on in America and we call ourselves a Christian nation. We see cults that are coming up. We see Bible reading in the school that's gone. We see prayer that's gone. Brother Doug Small talked about a a school and and it just, I had to tell Sheena, it just, just got in my spirit of a small church. That, that had had decided that they were going to adopt a school that was across the street from the church. This was a small church, had a very small congregation. And, and they decided that they would, they would adopt that school. And so they began to pray for that school. On a regular basis they prayed. That's what prayer is. They prayed and continued to pray. And, and the pastor went over to the school and talked to the principal and told the principal, said, 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 we have decided as a church we're adopting the school. <laughs> she said, uh, I'm not sure you're going to do that, you know, a church adopted school. <laughs> we're doing it anyway. We're praying for this school. What are the needs in this school? Come to find out the test scores were an all-time low. There was discipline problems in that school like, like it had never, like the most in any. It was the worst school in this district. 
And, and the prince was just taken back. She said, I'll have to take this to those that are over me. And so she went to the superintendent and told the superintendent, said, said I've got a church across from our school that's adopted us, and, and I don't know if we can do it or not, but, but, but I don't think it's really going to matter. They done done it. You know, prayer can change things that are around. We talk about it a lot about our town and we talk it about the world, but what happens is the enemy comes in and oppresses us to where we don't even believe our prayers and we don't even have the faith to believe that God can do what he said he can do. But I want to tell you, I don't know how you were, but I grew up in a time when when God did some miraculous things in our small church and God moved through the power of uh, prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit and we need to pray that back in. Our children need to see what God can do. They don't need to wonder if God can do it, but they need to know that he can do it. And so that principal pastor went back a, a, a while later and said, well, what do you need in the school? He said, well, we need some people just to read. So he got up his elderly folks in the church that had time during the day, and they went over to the school and started reading for them in the classes they need reading. He went over a little while later, said, what else do you need? He said, said, we really need some computers. I know that you can't do anything, but we really need a computer lab. It wasn't but a few weeks later, they had prayed down a computer lab. for that. that they took computers up, hooked it up, and, and, and the the the... I mean, hardware and everything. God began to move in there. God be, Was the church getting any benefit? Not really, but they were doing what God told them to do, and that's pray. It was changing their community. Before it was all said and done, there were several other things they had prayed for, and God had, had moved in there, the power of prayer and the power of God. Before it was said and done, that school had the best test scores, had the best dis- discipline record. It had everything had changed completely and totally in it. I want to tell you that's what we need to see in our society and in our schools today. Signs of his coming. We're living in a time where we've taken God out of everything. But I want to tell you, he can't take our prayer for our family and a prayer for our community. I want to tell you, we we he can't take our prayer for asking for the coming of the Lord. Then we see the swiftness of the coming of the Lord in Matthew, the 24th chapter. and the 27th verse, the Bible says, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Last night, as that storm was coming through, after the big wind would come through and it was still lightning and rain, Sheena and I uh, needed to do a few things and we, we came out, Brother Dave came out here to unlock for y'all and, and, and uh, we were driving out here and I saw some lightning from the, and this scripture popped in my mind. I want to tell you the, the Lord's coming that quick, that quick. I get up at the campground when I'm staying out there ready for camp and, and I, I have my place, my prayer place over there. I'll get in the golf cart and I'll go to the other side of the lake back where we camp at, fellas. And I'll park my golf cart there and point it over toward the east and begin to pray. There's nothing like it. Just knowing, uh, praying and seeking God about His coming. 
the swiftness of his coming. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Revelations 22 and 12 tells us, Behold, come quickly. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, he talks about we shall be changed in a moment. (laughs) I don't know what it's going to be like, but we shall be changed in a moment. (laughs) I don't know how it's all going to happen, but I know it's going to happen. I can't wait for the coming of the Lord. I've got to hurry and come to a close. Next, we see the strength. In Matthew, the 24th chapter, in the 31st verse, the Bible says, And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. (laughs) I want to tell you, church, he's coming in power. We look at this world and we think the devil has, and the devil will try to tell us that, that the devil's got a hold of this world and destroy it. But I want to tell you, God's still in charge. He's still in charge. The coming of the Lord is going to happen. It doesn't matter what the devil does. He's still coming. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 49 says, it is, the, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. <laughs> Romans 8 and 11 tells us, but by the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead that dwells in you. I want to tell you, we're going to raise up just like He did. I hope it's just that I'm closer than the Lord, but I want to tell you, as I get older, and I'm not nearly as old as Roger and Wendell and some of these other guys. I'm not going to tell you what Tim Hill told me when that camp meeting. I'm not even going to go there. I'm still a young fella compared to y'all. But it seems like as I get older I start longing more for the coming of the Lord get tired of these problems tired of these tired of seeing people that are coming and and I really believe God moves upon their life in the altar and see a few weeks later the devil beats them back down I'm tired of it I'm ready for the Lord to come I'm tired of seeing families tortured with divorce, death, and sorrow, and sickness, and cancer, and and all the things that the enemy's thrown at this world, trying to destroy it, trying to get us to not realize there's a God in heaven. He's coming. Michelle, would you come? He's coming. He's coming. Matthew 24. In verse 40, the Bible says, we've got to be ready. Verse 40, he said, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken 
and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the meal and one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you don't know the hour. Your Lord is coming. You don't know the hour that the Lord is coming. But know this. Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour. Your Lord's coming. I pray have you ever thought what it's going to be in this world in society church we have a reason to pray for our families and our loved ones we have a reason to have a close walk with God mom and dads grandpas and grandmas The power of prayer can change lives. As a teenager, I walked in my house many a time that I had a gray-haired mama that was praying for her boys. Praying for her boys. As far as I know, every one of them saved. We've got a reason to be praying for our loved ones. We've got a reason to draw close to the Lord because He's coming. He's coming and He's coming so soon. Would you stand with me? Are you looking for His coming? Are you dreading His coming? Really doesn't matter how we feel about His coming, whether we believe in it or don't believe in it. (laughs) It really doesn't matter. It's going to happen. You look all throughout Scripture and you can see prophecies that have been fulfilled all throughout. So why would we not believe? the soon coming of the Lord I just question are you looking for the rapture tonight I want us to come and just spend a little time in prayer pray for others our loved ones pray for ourselves contemplate The coming of the Lord. It's so close. Would you come? Let's pray.